and welcome to the November 2022 edition of the What's On Reading podcast. It's three years we've been doing this, so happy anniversary to What's On Reading for those of you who have been with us since the beginning. I come to you today with a riddle. It's not very good, but what has six sides and is 45 years old? That's right, it's the hexagon. And uh, that's where we are. In fact, uh, instead of going on location as we have been doing for, for so many of these podcasts, we have gone literally as far as the end of my desk in the office um, <laughs> to record today. Uh, in fact, back where we recorded the very first of these podcasts in November 2019. And we're here because this year, uh, this season, I suppose, uh, the Hexagon celebrates its 45th anniversary. Uh, that's right, the six-sided Cathedral of Culture, as uh, somebody so lovingly referred to it, has been a part of our town's cultural scene for 45 years now. And uh, we're here on a very special night where a, a special concert with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra is kicking off that season officially with style and with logos and everything. And so, joining me to talk all about all of that and probably other bits too... We have, from the Hexagon, from Reading Arts uh, as, as a whole, we have Sarah. Hello. And also from, from Reading Arts, uh, specifically the programmer of Classical Music Alive and all things connected to that, we have Jules. Hello. Hello. Here we are in the office that we we normally sit in, having a very different conversation than what we would usually have. 45 years of the Hexagon. And Sarah, I guess... Uh, we should probably come to you to, to talk a little bit about the history of this great yes, yes. building. <laughs> I haven't seen all 45 years of it, but the, the, the years I have seen have been a fair amount, actually. Um, and it's been, I mean, it's a, it's a very versatile, interesting venue. Built in the 70s, it's, very, it's got a very distinct architectural style, very Marmite. People either love it or hate it. I love it. Uh, it's hosted a huge amount of programme over the years we've been going through the archives and we've found all kinds of all kinds of new stuff that we didn't know all kinds of really interesting artists that have visited Reading over the years so we're yeah we're we're kind of reflecting on that but also looking forward obviously the concert tonight is the launch of our classical season and brings the Royal Philharmonic back home to us it gives us a kick off to the season I guess into our anniversary year so all very exciting but yeah we've got a full year planned of sort of retrospective events little bits of little bits and pieces new new logo so we've, we've gone back to the original hexagon 45 hexagon logo um from 45 years ago refurnished that made it up to date recolored it and are looking at sort of using that across the board on various different things merchandise tea towels if you'd like a hexagon tea towel that'll be coming soon but also just sort of recognizing the kind of the impact the venues had on reading and what it means to people i suppose and the the nostalgia it has but also the yeah keeping up to date with current audiences and yeah looking forward to the future with it as well it is as you say a very versatile space and 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 it has been quite fun uh, helping to go through all the archives and seeing some of the names and faces that have performed here and just from from my own personal uh point of view seeing all the the classic british wrestlers that that were here literally once a month <laughs> it didn't take you long it to didn't, mention it didn't take <laughs> wrestling's in there but but also you know people like Benny King and at the same time at the other end of the spectrum people like Danny LaRue and James Brown and Newman and Baddiel and Bottom Live and and of course plenty of of orchestras including 
the Royal Philharmonic, which takes us nicely <laughs> to Jules, who is our, our classical guru, well, our classical programmer, if guru. you believe. Yes. I guess the question to you is, is what's the relationship with the RPO and, and the hexagon? So the RPO have actually been coming here, we discovered, since uh, April 1978. So they weren't quite the first orchestra on stage. I think that was Reading Youth Orchestra. But uh, they, they've certainly been part of the programming almost from the very beginning. The interesting thing, and coincidentally, is that the program from then included some works by Smetner and Vorjak, and so does tonight's program, which I think is just a, a happy coincidence but um no no it absolutely <laughs> planned it has to have been <laughs> i'm not sure it was but uh looking through the the lists of, that we've been gathering together of, of everything that's been happening that all that that's happened since 1977 they were a regular visitor all the way through i mean since i've been here they've been a massive part of the program that's sort of 17 18 years and they've had a residency for just coming up to 15 years which gives them you know that special place in our hearts and uh, we in theirs, hopefully. <laughs> um, hopefully, yes. Uh, and we're, we're very much part of their regional programming. The other thing we've been looking through is the artists that they've brought over, over the years, and people like Alfred Brendel and Julian Lloyd Webber and Nigel Kennedy, and some big-name uh, conductors in Vladimir Ashkenazi to Charles Groves. You know, if you, if you can think of them, <laughs> they've probably been, which is fascinating to find. It's Again, it's, it's such a, a, a rich archive, and, and some of the names are just so... And not surprising, because that makes it sound like they shouldn't have been here, but just it's the sheer volume and the sheer number of, of quality names. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to bring those names out of London, really. So frequently you just assume that they're on, you know, the Albert Hall stage or, or you know, the Royal Festival Hall. But actually, we've had them out here on, on the Hexagon stage, which is really nice to sort of and not compete so much with the London concert halls, but, you know, feel as if we're just as good as they are and providing such high quality musicians and music so obviously we've got the RPO tonight which our listeners to the podcast I mean it's too late for you to come to to, to this concert but what other concerts have we got coming up in, in the classical season so the classical musical live season uh, is, is hosted here at the Hexagon with RPO concerts there's another one in March uh, along with their Noisy Kids which is a fantastic family concert during, during the morning um, and then they're back in May um, but we also have recitals and small ensembles over at the concert hall Victorian concert hall venue at the other end of town coming up with them is uh, the Parvahas Quartet uh, the Brodsky Quartet with Sir Willard White and some Porgy and Bess and whatever else you can think that he would sing and he, he was beautiful he was meant to be in the season last year but but we somehow he was, misplaced him we, we <laughs> misplaced him rather inconveniently for us he, he needed a neop that happened to be on the concert dates that we'd booked so uh, he ended up uh, in hospital that day uh, and the Brodsky Quartet came by themselves but we're delighted to bring him back um, we're also bringing back Tina Ting Helseth who was unwell last year so it's nice to have her back on the programme who's trumpeter and then we've got Arturo, uh, who's a guitarist from Dusseldorf, with that connection, with Reading as well, which is always nice to bring him across from the Twin Town. And then a small ensemble in English Symphonia, bringing a small string programme of well-known Elgar and Grieg, and a bit of Palladio by Carl Jenkins, which you'd recognise if you heard. I'm sure I would. <laughs> I, I almost recognise the name of it, but I can't, I can't place it, but I'm sure I, I will make the connection at some point should I hear it you'll have to play it to me at some point okay and, or I'll or stick I'll turn radio to the, 3 on the stick radio. radio 3 on it I'll just find it right <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's coming up classical but 
Sarah, I guess, you know, this time of year, there's really only... I'd say there's only one thing to talk about of what's coming up there at the Hexagon, but there's, yes. there's actually so much stuff that half the Christmas programme has to come into November. <laughs> yeah, we've got a full Christmas programme starting at the weekend, actually, which is fairly scary. Um, so, yeah, lots of Christmas events. That'll be the day Christmas show. We've got a dance, Spirit of the Dance Christmas show, and then obviously leading up us up into Panto. So beginning of December, we'll start with our Panto Jack and the Beanstalk, Justin Fletcher, Paul Morse, probably the best double act that Reading has ever seen in terms of comedy panto routines. They won an award last year, actually, for their balloon routine at the Panto Awards. So they're, yeah, a great a great pair. People travel all over the country to see them. Busy show again, so we're going to have, you know, full houses all the way through, pretty much. And just that kind of light, lifting, feel-good entertainment, I guess, that people want over the festive season. It's our first full panto since covid so last year we did we obviously mounted a panto but it wasn't quite the same we didn't have the junior chorus we had to cut bits of audience participation out of the show um, and be a bit more cautious this year we are going full on um, so it's going to be great to have everybody back and doing what we do best really and again looking through the archives we've had some huge stars in our pantos over the years panto's always been our biggest part of the program anybody from anita dobson to jet to christopher biggins all, all of the, all anybody that you would associate with Panto's been here, and it's been, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, and it's something that I think Reading really loves, and we get great audiences for. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And then into the new year, we've got some big shows. We've got Strictly Ballroom, which is the Kevin Clifton Strictly show, where Strictly came from actually. So based on the Baz Luhrmann film, got a week long run of that. That's gonna sell well. That's in January, and actually, yeah, they're they're on Strictly this weekend doing a scene from it. So that should be good to get a preview but yeah just a full-on program in the autumn so we're busy busy every day really so um comedy comedy music family shows all the way through now busy 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 and it's it's nice to be busy again it really does feel like things are are back to normal and Mm. back to to how things were three years ago without wanting to sound like a broken record when when we first started doing this i mean we we launched what's on reading with i think just over 50 partner organizations we are 200 plus now and as a result our programming the list of events on the site is just bigger and better and and bold i think i did a count earlier we have almost 60 christmas events on the what's on reading site already some of which are indeed in november and there's plenty of non-christmas stuff coming up as well because obviously it's november and some people don't really want to be hearing the c word at this time of year so some of the highlights of other things this month there's the Dance Reading Festival, which is, is finally back again at sort of full strength, like so many other things, in person with events and workshops and activities all across Reading all, all month long. If you fancy a festival that's more about malts than waltz, then the Reading Whiskey Festival is back on the 26th of November. Another little highlight is is we have the Amazons, the, the wonderful Reading band Done Good, are coming to Blue Collar Corner to do a special guest DJ set. Uh, I expect Blue Collar Corner to be very, very packed on the evening of the 17th of November and that is just a small number of things that are coming up this month. So much, so much going on. Comedy, music, dance, classical, theatre, you name it, we got it. Too many to even come up with highlights for without feeling like I'm missing people out. So, just before we go, one final question or two maybe. 
to to my guests. And I'm going to start with you, Jules, because you mentioned the noisy kids and it being a great way to get kids into to classical music. And that kind of got me thinking about how accessible it is for new people to come and discover classical music in in Reading. I mean, do we generally make it easy for kids to come and, and, and so on? I like to think we make it nice and easy. We've, we've got a variety of ways that people can access the classical musical live concerts. For all under 18s, they, uh, we have a special ticket price of only £6. And tonight we have two large school groups in, which is great to, to actually get the, the schools bringing the young people along. We also have a test drive initiative, which is there for anybody that's never been to a classical concert before to get a reduced price ticket just to feed your curiosity hopefully and and come in and see what it's actually like in the flesh on stage let's say yes because there's there's nothing like the the live performance you know regardless of what you've seen on tv or heard on the radio it's impossible to imagine a live orchestra on stage i think you know you you actually have to walk in through the door and sit there and immerse yourself in what it's what it's all about because it's not just listening it's watching and seeing and just letting it wash over the test drive and the special prices and and makes it so much easier to kind of give it a try especially at a time like this when we are going through you know i'm gonna have to you know it's a cost of living crisis you know it's it's kind of it stops it from being seen as a kind of elite thing i suppose yeah it it it's there, hopefully, to, to give everybody the chance to come along and experience it. Classical music isn't, isn't as elitist as it perhaps historically has always been considered. Um, you know, and hopefully we open our doors wide enough for anyone who wants to come and get, you know, try, come and see what it's all about, to have a go at a, at a rate that's affordable to them. Excellent. Yeah, that's just what we want. And, and Sarah, I guess, kind of linked to that in a more roundabout way. Again, it's the, you know, Panto is, is a lot more accessible. We're going mm-hmm. to be frank and honest about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, the sort of the period of history we're living through, you know, is, is it something that, that people can genuinely afford? We try very hard, with the whole of the programme, we try very hard to keep ticket prices accessible. So we, we try to, with every show we have on, we try to make sure that we, we have rates that aren't, you know, are nowhere near matching some of the West End show prices so we always try to keep a you know a reasonable price for the shows that we have in and that's sort of at the heart of what we do really so whether that's offering discounts or whether that's just ensuring that we've got a broad range of ticket prices for an event and certainly for Panto that's one of our real drivers is keeping that keeping that ticket price down as low as we can really it's a big show obviously and you know with it with a big show comes up just does come a lot of cost but we we really try and keep the ticket prices reasonable so all families can come. We've got the opening weekend, which is a reduced price preview weekend. So come along to that. That's cheaper than the rest of the run. Um, we've got group rates, school rates, youth group rates. All the shows have a variety of prices in there. So we try and keep the keep the auditorium sliced into different price zones so people can afford to come and experience it because it is similar to the to the classical program. If you can get kids in early, they will love it. And I think most most kids' first experience of theatre will be panto, and we're really keen to, to price that accordingly. Our schools group rate is really reasonable. We get lots of school school bookings in. But, yeah, the, the opening weekend is always a good time to come. It's a lot cheaper than the other weekends, and it's always really good fun to see to see the first few performances and to get the taste of that first. So that's what I'd recommend. But across the board, we're a local theatre. We like to get a community audience in, so, we, yeah, it's, it's kind of always... One of our primary drivers is keeping that reasonable and making sure it's accessible. 
speak to the box office they'll always be able to help you out if you're worried about ticket prices and you want to know exactly what anything costs give the box office a ring and they'll be able to go certainly with panto run through the program and highlight some some really good value offers and it's tactics like that that have kept the hexagon at the heart of arts culture and heritage and in the heart of reading for 45 years and we'll probably keep it here for 45 years more because it's made of concrete it's not falling down anytime soon uh, <laughs> if we're going to be frank it's only going to fall down if someone decides to pull it down and i hope that they don't pull it down anytime soon because it's it's a wonderful building as a wonderful program and i know from first-hand experience a wonderful team of people putting their heart and soul into every show that goes on here and that feels like a good time to wrap things up for this month's podcast so thank you to my guests thank you Sarah thank you and thank you Jules thank you we'll be back in December for another podcast who knows where but don't forget to subscribe <laughs>